Welcome to the Energy Central Power Perspectives podcast, the show that brings leading minds from the energy industry to discuss the challenges and trends that are transforming and modernizing our energy system. And a quick thank you to H2Scan, our sponsor of today's show. Now, let's talk energy. Jason Price, Energy Central podcast host and director with West Monroe, coming to you from New York City. With me, as always, from Orlando, Florida, is Energy Central producer and community manager, Matt Chester. Matt, today we're joined by two guests working in a niche area of the power sector that is likely overlooked by the broader audience. The area we're discussing is hydrogen sensing for power transformers. Matt, for the non-grid engineers in the room, what have you dug up about this topic and market potential? Sure, Jason. So again, today we're talking about hydrogen, but not in terms of the hydrogen energy economy. Instead, we're gonna be hearing about the ways in which hydrogen gas has reared its head for the power sector for years and the ways in which we can detect and use that type of sensing for the betterment of the utilities. Specifically, hydrogen gas may develop over the lifetime of a power transformer as a way that, that highlights that transformer's relative age, health, and status. So given our utility community these days are seeing multi-year waits between placing orders and receiving new transformers, any information we can get on transformer health and proactive steps that can be taken to improve and elongate that lifetime has really become a necessity. Yeah, that's a great background, Matt. Really appreciate it. And clearly, this is an important aspect to grid operation. And as we continue to electrify and add more load to the grid, we are, in essence, adding more weight for the grid to support. We are joined today by two key professionals from H2Scan Corporation. First, we have Leon White, who is the company's VP of Transformer Sales and Business Development. Leon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jason. We're happy to be here. And also joining us is Leon's colleague, Bill Whitehead, H2Scan's International Accounts Director. Bill, welcome to the Power Perspectives podcast as well. Great. Thanks, Jason and uh, Matt. Glad to be here. Gentlemen, welcome to the show, and let's get started. So let's start with the basics. You're dealing with hydrogen, but let's just be clear. We're not talking about hydrogen in the form of gas as it is an, as an energy source, but rather hydrogen detection in power transformers, as Matt had, you know, given us a background on. Give us the basics of why this is important. How about if you start with a little of the science? Leon, you want to start with this? Sure, thank you. So most transformers, larger transformers and small transformers, uh, whether they're on a pole near your house or in the uh, front yard or in a substation, most are filled with mineral oil. And when transformers uh, get sick and things start happening inside the transformer, temperatures inside can reach usually 150 degrees C or hotter. And when you start seeing those temperatures, the oil starts degrading and starts generating hydrogen and other combustible gases. And so those are bad things to have in your transformer. Sometimes it's due to a, a short-term issue. Sometimes those things can generate a little bit of hydrogen, but by monitoring the hydrogen in real time, you can get an idea for the real-time health of the transformer. So if you're continuously generating the gas, that indicates that there's an active fault in the transformer and your transformer could be heading to failure. Bill, anything to add to that? I guess the science, the term is called pyrolysis. 
And basically, it's the breakdown of insulating liquid into hydrogen gas. And what happens is basically as, as you have higher temperatures with the hydrocarbons, it breaks into these smaller molecules. So, so the science is temperature to the mineral oil causes the breakdown of that material into gases. So let's just go into the natural process a little bit more because now we're you know, going into the physics and chemistry of, of what's going on here. So H2, hydrogen, is produced inside a liquid-filled transformer under abnormal conditions, and your technology monitors for any indication of that. So, so this is really both an asset management and a safety play. Is this correct? Uh, maybe, Leon, you want to start? Sure. So from an asset management standpoint, as you indicated earlier, Transformers have gotten more expensive in recent years, doubling in price in just the last few years. And lead times on many transformers today are two to three years. And so that's increasing the criticality of the existing transformer fleet since you want to take care of the assets you have and hopefully not have to replace them. And so from a safety standpoint, historically, uh, utilities will take oil samples on large transformers once a year. And if they see an issue, the, they will send people out to take more samples. And so they might move to quarterly or monthly sampling. And so effectively what you're doing is you've got a concern with your transformer and uh, you're potentially putting somebody in harm's way because if that transformer fails while somebody's there, it is typically not a good thing to happen. And so with online monitoring, again, you're looking at the real-time health of the unit and communicating that data back remotely. So not only are you protecting your employees from being around equipment that may have issues, but you're also protecting public and, and pr protecting your resources by looking at the online data to see if there's a problem. And if there's a problem, look at changing out the transformer or doing maintenance on the transformer on a scheduled basis versus waiting for the transformer to fail. And then you have a fire drill of everybody running around trying to figure out where's the spare and, and what do we need to do to get this thing back in service and, and all that kind of thing. So uh, it's always better to do things on a scheduled basis versus a unscheduled basis. And not only are uh, you looking at the safety of your employees and protecting your assets. You're also uh, looking at this, the public safety and so forth because a small percentage of transformer failures actually do end catastrophically. And those are the ones that make the news and, and those are the things you definitely want to avoid. Bill, you know, when we had the chance to chat before this episode, you mentioned that this area has been on a multi-decade journey. So can you give us some insight into that and how it's shaping your business today? And more importantly, what are the common ways to address monitoring today? And why would something of such importance not be required? Yeah, I'll tell you, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a long journey here with, uh, so, so many, many years ago, when a transformers looked at, basically these manual oil samples were taken, almost like taking a blood test on a person you know, send it to a lab and you do an, uh, an analysis to determine, you know, if everything's okay or not. Same thing for transformers a long time ago. You take a manual sample, you send it to a lab, you would identify the combustible gases that are present in the oil, and you decide, you know, uh, is, if everything's okay or not. And then from there, the next thing that happened was hydrogen sensing technology was developed so that you can actually put a sensor on a transformer and do real-time monitoring of the hydrogen. This was very important at the time because what it did was it allowed 
for uh, some type of an alarm trigger or something to happen, and it would queue up the maintenance team to go out there and perform another manual sample before the normal annual cycle, let's say. And then from there, if we move forward a little bit sooner, maybe in the 2000s, all of a sudden the multi-gas sensors were developed and created. These were needed for critical transformers at the time, but there was a big marketing push to put multi-gas sensors on pretty much all large transformers. Even though it sounds like a great idea, what would end up happening was that these monitors required heavy maintenance and never really lasted that long. Transformers' life expectancies at about 40 years, and these multi-gas monitors really only lasted for about 10, um, with pretty heavy maintenance after five years. So kind of a big lesson was learned over time, and so now people are, are kind of stepping back and saying, why don't we get back to the basics again and just look at monitoring maybe a key gas in these transformers and then when it's the right time in the life of that transformer, then maybe it makes sense to put a multi-gas sensor on there. And then now let's fast forward in the last, uh, last let's say, five years. I call it the disruptor situation a scenario where the GridScan 5000 was developed, hydrogen-specific, 10-plus years of life expectancy with continuous accurate information that can be installed on a single valve practically anywhere in a transformer. So. What's changed over over this multi-decade journey was kind of life lessons of of uh, online BGA systems, the true life expectancies of these, and the maintenance costs, and then all of a sudden the disruptor came out, which said, "Hey, let's solve a problem with long life expectancy from a hydrogen sensing technology that can be deployed pretty much on any size transformer because of its low price point." And Leon, I'll share as well is that today most of the time when you put a sensing technology on a brand new transformer, you really don't need something so sophisticated. You need something just something simple. And then as maybe 10, 15, 20 years go by, all of a sudden you might see some symptoms that justify using a multi-gas sensor. Yeah, I can imagine these being busy times for you. Uh, before we continue on to the next question, Leon, was there anything you wanted to add to Bill's response? Yes, thank you. About 20 years ago, around 2001, as Bill indicated, the industry came out with multi-gas monitors. And so these monitor most of the gases you see on your lab analysis when you send an oil sample to the lab. And most of the marketing in the industry has indicated to customers that you've got to have multi-gas, you've got to have multi-gas. And so everywhere around the world we go, we hear that uh, you've got to have a multi-gas monitor. And we've really lost the discussion about hydrogen because all the marketing has really pushed the multi-gas agenda. And uh, as Bill indicated, there are transformers you absolutely want multi-gas monitors on your large critical transformers, your generator transformers, SICK transformers. But for the rest of your fleet, in general, utilities see about a 1% to 2% failure rate of their power transformers. And with the expensive multi-gas monitors, it's difficult to apply those to a large number of transformers. So if, you're, if you've got a fleet of 1,000 transformers and you're going to put multi-gas monitors on 20 of them a year, you'll never get there. Whereas with hydrogen monitors, you can put those on. And, and the beauty of, as Bill indicated, our technology, solid state technology, the last 10 plus years, no maintenance is people put it on and they don't have to worry about it. They see that the monitors identify an issue and, you know, when an issue is present, otherwise 
the transformer owner doesn't have to worry about maintaining the monitor more than they're maintaining the transformer. You know, what's, uh, what's really interesting, uh, Leon, you know, uh, as we, as we've been doing this for a long time, you know, we went from, uh, selling the single gas units that made a lot of sense for sure. And then we, uh, started selling multi-gas systems in the right places for the right reasons. And then it seems like, you know, we're coming back to H2 scan and, and we're, we're getting back to keep it simple with the single gas monitors and, and it's really resonating with everybody around the world, which is amazing. And I think the, the challenge was, was until the grid scan 5,000, the only single gas monitor out there was a composite gas unit. And you couldn't tell the difference between hydrogen or carbon monoxide. And with that, people really didn't hundred percent trust those composite sensors. And now with our, with our grid scan 5,000, I think it's kind of really changed the game. I'm curious how this is being addressed around the world. So, for example, what are the Europeans doing to maintain transformer uptime and safety? And furthermore, I saw an exhibit at Distributech in San Diego on the Ukrainian grid. Is there a risk that transformers can be weaponized? Okay. Well, uh, you got a lot in that question there, but we'll start with what's uh, going on in Europe, uh, elsewhere around the world, and then we'll talk about what people are doing to protect their transformers from a physical element. And so in Europe, as the world knows right now, there's a lot of stuff going on in Ukraine. A lot of the grid is being targeted and the world is coming together to help Ukraine keep their grid intact and keep the lights on. And so that's a challenge for them. Also, about 40% of the natural gas has been cut from Russia to the rest of Europe, and that's causing people to move from utilities wanting to move people from natural gas heat to electric heat, which is putting further stress on the grid. And then also with the environmental proactive electric vehicles and so forth, roll out, those things are all coming together to put additional stress on the grid. And so the distribution utilities in Europe are actually starting to enact online monitoring requirements for distribution assets including transformers. And so uh, they're looking at voltage, current, temperature, and we're working with some of the uh, companies over there to install hydrogen sensors on critical transformers as well. So things that people don't think about, they think about their electric car, how great it is, they can plug it in, charge it in 28 minutes. And you don't really think about how much power is consumed when that happens. A lot of current and, and the a 40 year old grid that charging station is connected to. And so uh, you're looking at uh, potentially overloading a lot of transformers, definitely putting loads on the transformers that they weren't designed to take. And so uh, utilities are starting to realize that monitoring those assets in real time uh, is becoming more and more important. And there's been a lot of talk about the distribution grid being used in ways that it was never designed for. Uh, so you've got uh, distributed generation with solar and wind generation connected to distribution and load flows that, uh, again, it was never designed for. So uh, all these things are coming together to make people realize that uh, monitoring those assets is becoming not only more necessary, but it's there's also technologies like automated meter reading and other distribution automation communication systems and so forth that utilities are putting in that are allowing 
the technologies like our GridScan 5000 to be installed on remote transformers and get the data back and be able to make decisions on those remote transformers that they were never had a vision into the real-time health of those assets of the past. And so we're seeing that in Europe and other places of the world. We're also seeing Ina has done a lot recently. They've been really growing a ton of their electrical system and there's a lot of growth in China right now. And they're they're doing all kinds of things, including things like uh, monitoring high voltage bushings using our sensors that most bushings don't have a tap that you can do that with, but uh, that's an application that is uh, very popular in China right now, and not only monitoring the, the main tank or the low tap changer in the transformer, but also monitoring the hydrogen and the oil that's in the bushing. And so we're seeing all kinds of interesting things around the world. As far as the protection of transformers, Bill and I were at a conference last week, and there was a paper concerning ballistics protection of transformers. And so these are special coatings that you can put on transformers to protect them from certain caliber of uh, bullets and so forth. And, you know, there's been a lot in the news recently uh, about uh, somebody taking shots at the uh, transformers at Duke. And, you know, prior to that, there were similar incidences in California and other places. And so it's really highlighting the criticality of transformers and you know, especially today, if you have a number of transformer failures in the same location, it may be difficult to get the lights back on. So, you know, all these things are coming together. And the beauty is that technology is allowing disruptive technology like ours to enable things that have never been possible in the past. Bill, did um, you have anything to add to that? Yeah. What was very interesting, I'll, I'll, I'll start at the back. Can you weaponize transformers? You know, I think basically, you know, back in 2006, the uh, the NERC SIP was was born, North American Electric Reliability Corporation. They call it the Critical Infrastructure Protection, and basically, it was recognized way back a while back that the electrical grid infrastructure was vulnerable to terroristic attacks, and we were very vulnerable. And so just like Leon mentioned, I mean, there's UL ballistic ratings now for transformers. These remote transformers, you know, you use resin type bushings as opposed to liquid filled bushings so that if it did take a ballistic, it wouldn't just catastrophically fail. Also high walls being built around remote transformers so you don't have a clear shot at the transformer. So I think, you know, when we say weaponized transformers, I guess we're really saying weaponize the, the uh, taking the transformer out of service. And so I think that's recognized around the world. And um, there's a lot of things happening to protect or try to help uh, prevent those uh, mm -hmm. things from happening. Leon mentioned a lot of things happening around the world. You know, there's a lot of standards out there on how to monitor or, or to, uh, to analyze the condition of a transformer based off the liquid concentration of the different uh, hydrocarbon gases that are formed. And so a lot of those things are coming to the front. Um, C-Gray right now is really pushing on how to make a decision on which type of online DGA or dissolved gas analysis system should you have on different size transformers. So all of that's happening right now. So, you know, I think what's happening around the world is that everyone's recognizing the importance of gas monitoring on transformers. And um, I think there's some other questions we have here coming up. It talks about what's changed in the trends and markets that we'll talk about to kind of 
reemphasize about extreme weather events and overloading and increased harmonics due to the electric vehicles and renewable energy. So there's a lot of things happening in our world that's really pushing the importance for hydrogen monitoring of transformers. That's excellent. Of course, the energy sector is undergoing vast changes that go well beyond these sensors and transformers. So I'm wondering if you can talk to how those big picture changes in the power industry trickle down to your area of focus. As utilities seek to decarbonize, as grid liability continues to take center stage, as new concerns like cybersecurity and supply chain shortages grab headlines, does that impact what H2Scan does or can do with the technology? And Bill, why don't we start with you? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, like the big picture changes, you know, we were mentioning some of them before. I guess I'll put them in some group groupings of these big trend changes that are happening around us today. Uh, one is um, we're noticing extreme weather event changes happening across the planet. Um, it's really impacting, you know, when you turn the heater on or or when you turn the AC on, you know, so those things are changing. The climate's changing for that. System fault, it's, it's really interesting, you know, because of we're adding renewables, uh, we're shutting down fossil power plants, um, we're adding solar wind, we're adding EV. What's happening is we're getting, you know, electricity going in different directions that we haven't seen before in the history of our in our power grid. And so some, you know, what's happening is sometimes you have system faults that occur that, that weren't there before. And so we're, we're, we're mitigating those risks, but those things are actually causing some negative effects on these transformers. Emergency overloading is starting to happen. Um, you know, if, if the sun's not shining or the wind's not blowing, all of a sudden now you're having to, uh, you know, push power a little bit harder through maybe a, a transformer or a location that it, it didn't expect, um, and then increased harmonics. And what I mean by that is we have a lot more power uh, switch mode power supplies happening out there because of electric vehicles and solar arrays or solar solar panels on the house. And so these harmonics that never existed down there are there. And these harmonics, actually what they do is they cause heating effects in these distribution transformers. Again, that's never been seen before. So a lot of these things are happening at that moment. And so with all these effects, when we used to look at the life expectancy of a, of a transformer, you maybe you're looking at 40 years, what's happening with these new events are actually decreasing those life expectancies of these transformers. So maybe maybe they're 30, 35 years. And so it's becoming super important with our technology, you know, just to, to monitor the hydrogen health so that if you are having these overloading conditions or you're having some, some type of harmonic events, you really want to know if the transformer is seeing the effects, negative effects of, of what's happening to it. And in the past, you would, you would monitor maybe the current and temperature of those transformers. Well, current and temperature may be fine in that transformer, but it's it's only when hydrogen is being produced when you know there's a negative scenario happening. You know, as we continue to improve on our technology, um, it, it's just going to get better for uh, for customers out there. So we're looking at miniaturizing our hydrogen sensing technology, and so as we get it, you know, to point we get it smaller, less expensive, it, it becomes easier to deploy across a fleet of transformers. Let's look ahead. What you know? What comes next? What are your customers looking for and asking uh, regarding you know this this technology? What's the vision for the next five years in this space? And what can you tease out that will get our listeners particularly excited for things to come? Right. So we have a lot of things uh, that we're working on. We've uh, just this last year we've pretty much doubled the size of our engineering staff. Lots of new applications. 
we have sensors that work in a lot of environments, uh, but there's always other applications where that we're asked for that uh, we don't have the sensors for those specific applications. Uh, you know, in general, everybody's looking for smaller, lower power sensors. There's a big push in the utility industry for IoT type devices. So be able to put a sensor on a transformer, uh, you know, say at a wind farm that has 200 transformers, but may not necessarily, it's kind of funny, uh, you've got 600 volts or 334 kV at a, at a pad mount transformer to wind farm, but you don't have 120 volts to run a sensor. And so those kind of challenges, people want to have a uh, low cost solution for say a solar, put a salt, small solar panel on the monitor and uh, communicate the data back daily uh, over an IoT system. And so those are the exciting things we're working with customers on. The, the sensors we have today uh, will work, but there's always enhancements and you know, smaller, lower power, lower cost sensors that would uh, are really needed in the industry. And so those are the things we're working on, as well as the a variety of different applications from fuel cells to electrolyzers. You know, uh, there's utilities that are in the process of right now of installing hydrogen generation. And so uh, not only are you concerned about hydrogen leaks and monitoring for those leaks in that situation, uh, there's a other applications uh, like uh, most electric substations around the world have lead acid batteries that the battery backup for the substation. And when those uh, batteries charge, which is continuously, uh, it generates hydrogen. And so if that high, there's been incidences of uh, large utility scale battery storage systems. Uh, there was one in Arizona where uh, battery failed and a firefighter went to open the door. The whole place blew up and sent four people to the hospital. So monitoring for hydrogen in those applications is is becoming more and more popular. You know, I appreciate you both for taking and turning an important and complicated uh, and challenging topic into something that's understandable and relatable, both for me and Matt, but also for our audience. So much appreciated and sharing your insight and wisdom in this area. We now uh, are gonna pause and pivot to what we call our lightning round. We are gonna give you the last word, but we first want to learn a little bit more about both of you, the person rather than the professional. So we have what's called our lightning round where we ask you a series of questions and you hold your answer to one word or phrase. Uh, we'll start with you, Leon, and then followed by Bill. So gentlemen, are you ready? Yep. Yeah. All right, do it. All right, so Leon and then Bill. Your go-to snack at the movies. Popcorn. Same, popcorn. If you were granted a superpower, what would it be? Fly. Time travel. <laughs> Favorite way to spend a day off? Family. Hiking in nature. Who is your role model or who has had the biggest influence on your career? That's a tough one. Uh, my first uh, thought was Bill because he trained me uh, on hydrogen monitoring, but uh, uh, I'm going to go with Brian Sparling who taught uh, me a lot more about transformers. For me, it's, um, you know, it's, it's between Elon Musk and Simon Sinek, you know, as a role model. I think those mm -hmm. are very interesting philosophies, but those guys have, and I'll tell you, it's amazing because as far as my career, it's it's also Brian Sparling. And me and Leon did not talk before that. <laughs> that definitely, that was definitely one of the biggest influences in my career as well. 
And lastly, what are you most driven by? I uh, always try to do the right thing and use common sense in everything I do. People try to overcomplicate things and I want to boil it down. And that's where hydrogen for me is going back to basic transformers. So uh, it's a common sense approach. And in my mind, it's definitely doing the right thing. In my mind, I put uh, simplicity and, and factual data. Mm -hmm. Well, fantastic to both of you. Thanks for letting us tap into a little bit more about who you are, and thanks for being great sports about this. So, like I said, I'm going to give you the final word. So, we'll start with Bill. What's the message you hope our listeners take away from today's conversation? Yeah, well, first, thanks, Jason, Matt, and I really, really appreciate this opportunity. You know, I, I guess maybe the biggest importance or the message I'd like to get across is hydrogen sensor technology and power and, and, and transformers is super important. And that, um, you know, hydrogen gas, it really is a way to ensure reliability and safety in transformers. And so uh, as we evolve, as the world evolves around us, um, I think it becomes more and more clear that um, some basic, simple hydrogen sensing technologies can really make a difference with managing transformer fleets. And uh, I don't have much to add to that. The uh, only thing I would like to add is if people are interested in learning more and analyzing their situations, I wanted to let everybody know that we are available and more than happy to work with folks to uh, help them improve their uh, transformer reliability programs. Oh, no doubt the uh, Energy Central community will be actively following up with questions <laughs> and we certainly encourage them to hop on uh, the channel to um, post their questions. And um, in the meantime, Bill and Leon, I once again want to thank you for sharing your insight with us on today's episode of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. We also want to give a shout out of thanks to the podcast sponsor that made today's episode possible. Thanks to H2Scan. H2Scan Corporation specializes in the design, development, and manufacture of industrially hardened hydrogen sensors. The company was founded in 2002 based in Valencia, California. H2Scan's products are used in various utility industrial applications, including power transformer health analysis, substation battery room safety and process gas streaming monitoring. The sensors and analyzers are designed to provide accurate and reliable measurements of hydrogen concentration levels for 10 plus years without requiring calibration. H2Scan's technology is based on advanced material science and the company is committed to providing innovation solutions to help customers improve their process and operations. Once again, I'm your host, Jason Price. Plug in and stay fully charged in the discussion by hopping into the community at energycentral.com. And we'll see you next time at the Energy Central Power Perspectives podcast.